Welcome to another installment of the Clean Simple Free podcast. It is now the month of May, and I don't know what it is about turning the pages of the calendar, but starting a new month makes me feel like there are brand new possibilities to explore. And I think we could all use some newness, given the current global situation we find ourselves in. I'd like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to all the parents out there who are learning how to navigate life and schooling with having the kids at home over the past couple months. I know that that cannot be easy, so all the moms and dads out there deserve a shout out. I'd also like to give a big thank you to all of our essential workers and emergency responders. You are very much appreciated. You keep us safe and healthy and fed and deliver our mail and do so much more to help keep our lives running as smoothly as possible in this strange new normal. I know I'm not alone in saying that I'm truly grateful for your hard work. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy as we all navigate through this together. Moving on, this is episode 31, and it's about three basic but important strategies to reduce daily clutter. Stick around. In this podcast, I focus a lot on downscaling possessions, which is a key part of organizing, decluttering, and minimizing. But today, I'm going to talk about overlooked habits we fall into that may create more clutter just by going about our daily routines. Breaking this down into a real-world example, I used to be really bad about throwing clothes into a pile in the corner of my room or my closet. In fact, I even joked about it in last week's episode, so this is a habit I have really worked to break over the years, because that one little action creates a chain reaction that leads to far more work in the long run. Let me elaborate on this a bit. I used to come home from work and toss my clothes into a pile in the corner of my room instead of taking the 30 seconds to hang up my clothes and place my shoes back in the closet. I would do the same thing if I was getting ready to go out. If I wasn't feeling the outfit I had chosen, I would take the rejected item of clothing and toss it in the pile. When getting dressed in the morning, you can probably guess what I did with my pajamas. Into the pile they went. Imagine the state of my room. If I did that with every outfit, every day for a week, by the end of the week, it would take up so much more of my time and waste so much more of my time to sort through what is clean, what needs to be washed. I would have a stack of clothes to hang, pajamas to fold, shoes and accessories to put away. And if I misplaced something, I'd also have to spend time sifting through those stray articles of clothing just to find the one single thing I'm looking for. Additionally, I I know that other pet owners can relate to this. Imagine how much pet fur would accumulate over a week's time. That means all those clothes would need to be washed, or at the very least, thoroughly lint-rolled from lying on the floor collecting dirt and debris. There are many habits like this that we can tend to settle into. To give a few more examples, things like setting dishes in the sink instead of loading them in the dishwasher, or hand-washing them immediately after use letting the mail build up so that there's a big stack to sort through, instead of going through the mail each time it's delivered. Even things like having poorly defined places in the home for certain items so that basically any available surface will become a catch-all 
for the little things that you don't know what to do with. All of these bad habits lead to a feeling of disorder and disarray in our homes. And it adds to not just a cluttered environment, but it adds to our mental clutter as well. It takes up more time, more energy, and interrupts our routines by creating more work for us. These interruptions are creating obstacles in the middle of our days. Humans are creatures of habit, so it can take a while to settle into new routines or to find a proper space for every little thing in our homes. But by putting even one of these three following suggestions into practice, you can gradually transform your actions and create a sense of calm within your home. My first recommendation would be to define the habitual actions that create more work for you. If you dread cooking because you know that your fridge is full of expired leftovers or your sink is filled with dirty dishes, meal prepping or making dinner is going to feel like a much larger chore than it is in reality because of all the things you have to do before you can even begin cooking. If your knives and cutting boards and plates and dishes are all dirty, you are not going to want to tackle all of those things and then start making dinner or meal prepping for the week. So in this example, make loading the dishwasher or washing each dish after use your top priority and make sure you're cleaning out your fridge at least once a week. You can do a number of things to remind yourself of how to incorporate this new habit. Put a sticky note above the sink to remind you to stay on task, or even schedule in a particular day of the week in your planner to clean the fridge. Get all members of your home involved, whether it's roommates, kids, a boyfriend or girlfriend. Let them know that this is a new house rule, gently remind them, or explain why this is so important to you. However you want to do it, implement whatever strategy works best to ensure that you make this a priority. And pretty soon, it will simply become part of your routine. It is very hard to start a new habit like this, but it's not that hard to keep it once it's in action. This can be done with anything that creates more work for you. If your purse is constantly a mess, go through it at the end of every day, or even every week for starters. Recycle receipts, toss gum wrappers, and put away the miscellaneous items that accumulate in your purse or your wallet. It's not fun to be searching for your chapstick or car keys, only to find a bunch of junk at the bottom of your messenger bag. Define these problem areas and correct them one at a time, starting with the ones that interfere with your daily life in the worst way. You can do this using the sticky note method, or if you have a cork board that you put reminders on, make a big note to yourself, clean out purse, (laughs) whatever works for you. If you are a list person, which I totally am, make a list of the problems or habits that add clutter and chaos to your life. Don't let it overwhelm you, but make this your action item list for things you can tackle slowly and practically until you find a good balance within your home. It's not all going to happen in one day or one week. This is going to be a practice. So that's why it's important to 
order the items from the most important to the lesser but still important items. And as you implement these strategies, one by one, you'll start to see a shift in the way you live your life. My second recommendation is to define a place for everything, and I really do mean everything. You can even designate a single catch-all area where loose change, wallets, and sunglasses can be placed at the end of the day. I actually have a space for this. It's a little organizer box on a cube shelf in our entryway, which I have a picture of on my Instagram. One of those boxes, I have four boxes, one of them contains pet toys, the other one has lint rollers and our iron, one of them is simply to cover the router, and the final one is a catch-all space. I created this space for items that we use often, but that don't fill a big enough category to devote an entire container or cabinet to. For example, my fiancé frequently loses track of his wallet. Our dog will try to eat anything made of leather, so he makes sure to keep his wallet where she can't reach it. This means that some days it's on top of a bookcase, other days it's on his bedside table, and sometimes it's found in the pocket of whatever pants he wore on the previous day. So by designating this organizer as a catch-all, where anything can be tossed in it, he now knows he can empty his pockets and keep his wallet in there, and it will be safely tucked away where our dog can't reach it. I would definitely recommend limiting this type of area to just a single place in the home, otherwise you will be facing a brand new clutter problem. You don't want to make everything a junk drawer. By storing similar items together, it not only simplifies your home, but it ensures that you can find what you need where you need it. Place all of your tech items in one spot so that when you need technical things like USB drives, phone chargers, or headphones, you know exactly where to find them. Have all of your hobby supplies in a single place so that you know exactly where to look. Anything that is a skincare product, hair care item, or toiletry should be stored in the bathroom, and of course, all clothes should be stored in the closet or dresser of the person that they belong to. This may sound like very basic advice, but I have known and do know people who store things like linens in many different places, like extra blankets in the hall cupboard, sheets and pillowcases in their dresser drawers and in their bathroom cabinet, so I feel it's important to point this out because the places where you store things should make sense, like bathroom items go in the bathroom. Whatever works best for you personally and you and your household, it should make things easy and convenient to find when you need them. By creating a place for everything, and making certain that everything stays in the correct place or is placed back into its correct spot, you can save yourself a lot of time and effort. And by keeping similar items in the same room or general area, your home will become much easier to navigate. Sponsorships are the things that make this podcast possible for me to continue doing, so here's a quick word and we'll be right back. Welcome back to episode 31. There's a guest post on the Becoming Minimalist website that really spoke to me, so much so that I have a shortcut to the article on the home screen of my phone. It's a guest post by Lisa Avalon of Simple and Soul, 
and I've linked to it in the show notes. It's called The Calm of Everything as It Should Be. I would highly recommend reading the post in its entirety, but for now, let me just read you an excerpt. Quote, Everything has a home. Many things in our space contribute to stress, but just the right amount of the right things affect a calming atmosphere. By designating a specific place for each of our possessions and diligently returning it when we're finished using it, our things require less energy and create less stress. When everything has a home, we are more purposeful about what we own. If it doesn't have a home, maybe its purpose no longer serves us. End quote. I could not agree with this more. If you can group your items together, find a home for them, and clear the clutter while doing so, you're creating an environment that works not only for you, but with you. Any scattered items that remain that you can't find a proper place for are probably not worth keeping. Be selective and be discerning with where you put things and let go of the items that no longer serve you. My third and final suggestion is to look at things in a new light. I've talked about this before and this one is a bit more in line with the usual decluttering strategies, but it's important because it's not enough if you religiously wash all of your linens, put them away neatly folded in one place, yet still have five sheet sets or 12 pillowcases. This could involve strategies I've mentioned before, like having an honest friend come over to survey your home and tell you that something looks worn down or doesn't match or give you suggestions. You can also take photos or videos of areas in your home that give you trouble, like an overcrowded bookcase or having too many pet or kids toys. It's very interesting how a simple camera angle can transform a cluttered area that seems like, oh yeah, this is fine, it looks okay. But when you see it in a picture, you notice, oh wow, that item really doesn't belong, or I really don't care about this object very much at all. It's entirely up to you to decide what you want to keep or get rid of, and you should not part with the things that you love. But there does come a time when we realize that we think we love absolutely everything in our homes, when this is not the case. No matter how long you've been at this, or how new you are to this, it's important to view your items objectively. I personally find it helpful to listen to TED Talks, podcasts, or read articles that cover even the most basic of strategies when a certain area of my home is giving me trouble. This past week, I have been redoing my bookcases. These areas felt cluttered to me, and they did become areas to hold anything that vaguely fit the decorative category. Since I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist, I've taken my sweet time figuring out how to manage these areas better and choose between what I have an irrational attachment to and what I really, truly love. So to refresh my memory, I googled the most basic articles like how to declutter to kick myself into high gear and tackle my bookcases once and for all. So if you're struggling with certain areas of your home and need a little boost, here's a reminder of the most simple but impactful questions you should have at the forefront of your mind in order to make a conscious decision on whether to keep that particular thing or let go of it. Ask yourself, would I buy this today? 
It doesn't matter how much you spent on it originally. It doesn't matter what it's worth right now. If you would not purchase it today, you do not need to keep it. If you think you can get some money for it on eBay or something, great. But even if you can't recuperate any money, just get rid of it. It's just clutter. Do I love this? If you find yourself rationalizing responses like, Well, my sister bought it for me when she went on a cruise, and it reminded her of me, so it must be special. That means you don't love it. Never keep things out of a sense of obligation. Anything that you can't answer the question, do you love it, with a firm, instant, and resounding yes, is not worth keeping in your home or your life. Do I use this? Okay, I recently purchased a steamer, to steam the wrinkles from clothes. It was affordable, had really good reviews, and I was excited to use it. After trying to steam two clothing items, I realized that an iron was quicker and much more efficient, so I got rid of it because I knew I would not use it again. Apply this same principle to clothing, electronics, books and magazines you have not, and probably will not ever read, and free up your space. Do I still want this to be part of my life going forward? This is absolutely key, especially for sentimental items, but really it can apply to all items. I have a huge collection of toy dinosaurs from my childhood. I've kept some, but I do not need all of them. It's important to keep things that remind you of your past, but there is no reason to keep every single item you've ever cherished. Keep a few beloved items and let go of the rest. Life is way too short to accumulate relics of the past. Live in the moment and let your current wants and needs define the you that you want to be today. It looks like I finished recording that episode just in time. My next door neighbor is having some construction done on their apartment, so it is quite noisy over here. I hope that these tips have really helped you to rethink your daily routines, where you place your items, and what you will do with the things that you currently own. Thank you so much for listening. If you have time, please leave a five-star rating and a kind word on Apple or any other podcast platform that you listen to because that really, really, really does help. I sincerely appreciate each and every one of the new reviews and ratings that I've gotten over this past week. I hope that everyone stays safe, stays well, and you can look forward to a very interesting interview next week with someone who lives a minimal-ish lifestyle. You can find out what that means and more next week. And that's going to do it for this week. So remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when your life is simplified, your mind will feel free. See you again soon.